Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live, as always, from lovely Austin, Texas. So we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday, and I know, based on the emails we're getting, you guys like this topic. This goes to the core of really what we're all about, which is helping you guys take things that seem complicated, making it simple and practical, and cutting through maybe some of the mental malaise that you've been experiencing about what it really takes to take your own real estate practice to the next level. And that, of course, is what our focus is always on motivating you, educating you, and then helping you uh, get into action. And today's radio show is actually a very interesting topic because on the surface in yesterday's, I think this is our third part, Julie, right? Are we on the third Mm -hmm. one? Yes, you got it. So it's how to be a confident listing agent. Now, it's kind of an interesting topic because it sounds like something that would be almost like a boring subject, like, okay, these are just going to be sort of like silly, mm-hmm. silly points. But what Julie's done is she's taken a lot of time and really drilled down on some of the minutia that some of you have either overlooked in the first place or just basically have taken for granted and uh, become complacent about. And it's these tiny, tiny little things. We've been sharing this with you guys for, you know, literally hundreds and hundreds of radio shows. The difference between, generally speaking, between where you want to be and where you are is is not 100%. You know, you don't have to 100% turn everything around. You don't have to improve everything 100%. It's generally speaking a series of small little scheduling tweaks, mindset tweaks, skill tweaks, you know, those types of things. And the, and the accumulation effect of all these small little changes makes an enormous difference. It makes all the difference in the world. And we get stuck in our, our own little worlds, right? Julie and I refer to them as golden cages, right? We all are blessed to live in this America, in this country, America, and blessed to live in this time, blessed to be in this industry. You know, so those are all wonderful things. But it's interesting because we, generally speaking, we only accumulate uh, the wealth or only have the lifestyle, only have the skill set, only have the mindset of the people that are also in the same golden cage as us. So it's kind of fascinating that oftentimes you do need the help of someone on the outside to recognize, who basically is, is, isn't a friend, who isn't a family member, somebody who can tell it to you like you need to hear it. Maybe you don't want to hear it, but still it's the truth. Um, and That's not in that same little paradigm as you. And that's really what coaching is all about, but that's also what our radio show is all about. So try to take these points to heart and internalize them and think about them. And sometimes it's going to be these tiny, like I said, these tiny little single degree, one, two, three, four, five percent shifts in the way you're doing things that makes a huge difference in your entire life. And, and there's like, you guys, like yesterday we talked about the mechanics of a really powerful handshake. Well, that seems like a silly thing. But if you think about it, you know, the, all the times you shake hands during the course of a year, thousands and thousands of times, if you've been giving them a wet noodle handshake, and, you know, what have been the ramifications of that? What have been the subconscious takeaways that those folks have had about you because you haven't really been, you know, it, just your handshake hasn't really been uh, producing the level of, uh, you know, confidence in them to have in you to get the listing or to, you know, do a transaction with you. Or maybe you haven't been able to get the negotiation done the way you would have otherwise done it because there was just a tiny little subconscious message that you sent to them with not giving them an affirmative handshake that has resulted in and then than you never having quite literally the upper hand during the negotiating process. So, guys, take these little things seriously. 
um, and and then add them all up, and you'll find that overall it you know it's a 10% improvement in this and a 10% improvement in that, and accumulatively all those things together will totally and completely change your world. So Julie, welcome to today's radio show. And do you have anything interesting to share with them from your own um, I do, coaching actually, the coaches' calls? Yes. Yeah, and I have uh, our great assistant, Sarah, trying to find where this student lives because I don't know off the top of my head, but I just got a great report from Coach Bill Bird on client Richard Edgley, who has gone from having some struggles with lead follow-up and prospecting and marketing and all of that type of thing where he was doing a lot of work but not getting immediate results. So his coach, Bill, works very specifically on one critical item. Again, talking about that 1%, doesn't take a billion percent to get the improvement, but this was such an important thing, asking for the business. So you've got a lot of calls out there. You've got marketing, you've got prospecting, you've got lead follow-up, but if you're not actually asking for the business, it's not just going to arrive on top of your desk. So now Richard Edgley, our great coaching client, has rounded the bend on that, and now is actually setting five appointments a week and has already got some future deals coming as a result. And he's done that for, I think, three weeks in a row now. So he has made that leap and found himself in momentum. And what did it take? It wasn't that he wasn't doing enough work. It was that he wasn't closing the work that he had in front of him. So sometimes it takes a coach looking in over your shoulder at your business because you're so in the thick of it. It can feel like work, 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 no results. What's going on? It's not that I'm just, you know, sitting on the couch eating bonbons all day. I'm doing the work. What's wrong? So occasionally it can just be one of those aha things. Well, just ask for the business. Again, well, Julie, let's drill down. Let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. Julie, let's drill down on that, right? And, and your mm-hmm. phone is a little, little, little jittery today, so you might want to maybe mm-hmm. plug your headset okay. in or something. But let's drill down on what she's saying. So the whole asking for the business, I'll tell you guys a true story. This is something that I, I had, I laughed because, you know, here I am, this, you know, coach with literally thousands of coaching clients. I'm going to tell you guys a basic mistake that I personally made when I was selling real estate. So I'm on this listing appointment. And going great, you know, this is back in the 90s, and Julie and I hadn't completely figured out the whole system that you guys that are coaching clients subscribe to now, but it was pretty much there. Let's assume it was like 75% done. But it wasn't 100% done. This was before I actually figured out about the Sharpie close. This is the copyrighted Sharpie close that our coaching clients get access to. You know, it's unique to us. Well, this was before I was doing the Sharpie close, but this experience actually was one of the things that led to the Sharpie close. So I'm on this listing appointment. Things are going great, you know, whatever, whatever. And I was doing, I wasn't actually asking for the business. I didn't actually say, you know, will you list the house with me? Is there, are there any other questions where we can get the paperwork out of the way? Or, you know, those types of things. Nice little not too aggressive, but still effective at letting them know that you're ready to move forward and making sure that they are as well. So I wasn't asking enough direct questions. You know, get, let's, give my, let's give this Tim back in his 20s, you know, 20 years ago, a little bit of slack. We'd, you know, I'd only been in the business for a few years, but I didn't ask the question. So this listing appointment went great. They liked me. They, you know, I, I didn't leave with a listing. Another big mistake, you know. And and so then I they called, or I called somehow, and then the question was, well, you know, when do we start? And they said, well, we're going to list with so-and-so. Now, I didn't know who so-and-so was. Um, I didn't know her. I mean, I, I knew that she was a new realtor, like, and got her license last month. And she wasn't, an, she was a neighbor, so there was, it wasn't a completely level playing field, probably. But then I asked them why, right? It's a tough question to ask a seller when the seller's turning you down. But I asked them why because I wanted to learn, I wanted to improve. 
And um, they said, well, she asked for the business. <laughs> I thought, what? I mean, there's no Ouch. way this gal, there's no way this gal had a listing appointment. She hadn't sold literally hundreds of homes or thousands of homes. She hadn't been the number one Remax agent in her marketplace. She hadn't been all the things we'd been. So Julie and I were basically competing against somebody. You know, we we were Goliath, and she was. Well, maybe that's not a good way of saying it. We were the elephant, and she was the ant, in essence. But she got the listing because she asked for the listing. You know, the seller said really? she basically said, "Can I have the listing?" That's that was her powerful close. It was no close. She was just, and I thought to myself, "Wow, I didn't do that. That's crazy." <laughs> just ask. So that right. Well, I didn't make that mistake again. That never happened again. So we, mm-hmm. you know, that's the reason that our coaching clients are taught and coached on you need to ask for the business. What a lot of us do, and I understand why we do this because we don't want to feel like we're putting pressure on the seller. Or we don't want to, subconsciously, we don't want to create a situation where the seller might say no to us because we fear rejection, right? Normal, natural things. Um, so what happens is, is you ask these, you don't ask for the business. You don't actually close. You give them the, you almost create in their minds this sort of, I want to think about it type response, right? You don't want to, oh, I don't want to be that, oh, Mr. Seller, listen, I know you probably want to think about it. I mean, there's all these things that we say. But what we don't realize is that when we don't actually ask for the business, and this was taught to me, you know, a couple decades ago by this, you know, young gal, and she, uh, you know, really drilled, drilled this home when I didn't get this listing. But when you don't ask for the business, and when I didn't ask for the business, what I had done is I actually was sending a message to that seller that I wasn't really interested in doing business with them. Mm-hmm. By not asking for the business, I was actually sending the business to the seller that, oh, you know, if I get it, I get it. If I help you, I help you. If I not, if not, I was coming off as lazy, complacent, probably arrogant, you know, all these types of things that I didn't want the sellers to perceive about me. But and yet they did because I didn't ask for the business. So when you guys don't ask for the business, when you don't let people know you have a, your real estate license and you're a realtor and you're here to help them, when you don't let your friends and family know and you don't call them and you know use our scripts and let them know that you're here to help and all those types of things, what message are you sending to them? They know you're in real estate, and yet you're not letting them know you're mm-hmm. in real estate. They know you're in real estate, yet you're not asking them for business. What is it that you're sending uh, – what message are you sending to them maybe on a subconscious level? I'm guessing it's probably similar to the way that those sellers perceived me all those years ago. So there's, these are things to keep in mind. You know, these are the tiny little incremental differences that make that add up to an completely different life for you and your family, um, a different trajectory for obviously the decades and decades and decades to come that God willing you have left in your life. So, Julie, let's pick up where we left off yesterday. All right, you got it. So, we're talking about how to not just be a listing agent, but how to be a confident listing agent. Point number seven, another seems like a small point, but this is a big thing. Actually, make eye contact. Yes, point number seven, make eye contact. Put yourself through this quick test. Are you nervously looking around you, seeing who else is in the room, what else is going on, what kind of art they have on the wall or in their cabinets? If so, you have an eye contact issue. How to fix it? Be absolutely fascinated by your prospects and clients. Make them feel like they're the most interesting, most special person you've ever had the pleasure of meeting. Make it all about them by asking questions and actually listening to the answers. Here's the secret. A great listing presentation is more about getting to know the prospect, their motivation, time frame, and sensibilities, and less about slamming them into a cookie-cutter generic presentation. There's a huge lesson in that. Great eye contact reinforces your interest in the client and their situation. Thus, your mission of being of service to them is more sincere and believable. 
This is a big thing. If you're not having good eye contact for whatever reason, maybe you just have a low attention span, maybe you're nervous, it doesn't really matter what the reason is. The message it's sending is that you're not that interested in them. You're more interested in what's going on, and even worse if you're checking your cell phone or any of those types of things. So be fascinated by them. Make them feel important by asking great questions and, even more importantly, actually listening to the answers. That gets back to the Sharpie clothes that we teach through our coaching. Um, I mean, Tim, it, again, this, the, our talk over the past couple of podcasts, it's all been you know, seemingly minor points, but could be catastrophe if you don't do it right. So point number eight then, risk failure in order to succeed. Risk failure. This is what we were talking about, about Bill's client. He was risking failure by asking for the business that he embraced that and now is succeeding. So risk the failure in order to succeed. It's better to go on appointments with prospects and learn than to not take the appointment at all, of course, within reason after pre-qualifying, right? So when you're learning to become a great listing agent, it's part of the process to fail. Typical listing agent time frame, and this is kind of a, a walk through the trajectory, Tim, so feel free to interrupt me if uh, you feel like I need to break or something like that, <laughs> okay? Well, so keep going. He, Sounds great to me. Yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah, well, so what's the typical listing agent timeline to this point? Here's a step-by-step -step analysis. After hundreds of thousands of coaching calls, okay, so keep in mind each step requires that you increase your skill level. Here's what we see as coaches. In the beginning, you're a buyer's agent almost exclusively. Buyers are excited. They're more fun. They, request, they require less accountability. Your friends and family virtually close themselves as long as you find something decent to sell them. And in this stage, you believe that business is easy. Then you move on to the point where you actually run out of buyers. You'll eventually run out of buyers, friends and family, that type of thing. You now start having to work with people you don't know. That's usually from open house buyers, referrals, that sort of thing. Prospecting and lead follow-ups start to be necessary, and you have the aha moment, business is getting harder. Then we usually get a coaching uh, request to talk about what you guys lovingly call getting screwed by buyers. <laughs> That's the next stage. They either don't buy at all, they don't buy with you, they have major unforeseen deal-wrecking finance or inspection issues, and you guys will say, I got screwed by a buyer. This is when you discover pre-qualification scripts and buyer agency. Your eyes are open to the possibility that this might require a higher level of skill. Typically, you consider hiring a coach right around this time. Next stage, you start thinking about the possibility of being a listing agent because you've been through the grind on the buyers or maybe a listing agent at a new level. So you list what you can with the skill you've gained so far, but listings are few and far between for the most part. You usually do some sort of deal to make sure you get the, and keep their business. So at this point, Tim, pricing, seller relationships, time management, and negotiation are all harder than most people think. This is when you're in the thick of it, assuming you've survived long enough to get to this point. Now, this is when we get a lot of calls and questions about coaching. When you're making a living, but it feels like it's feast or famine, and you have that aha moment, surely there's a better way. So now you have to take your business seriously. You've reached a level of frustration, stagnation, don't seem to be improving anymore. So you hire a coach to work on scripts, skills, pre-listing package, presentation, objection handling, and closing skills like we talked about earlier. Now, next, what happens? If you're coachable and willing to face your fears at least some of the time, break through those fears by increasing both your skills and accountability, you'll have a major leap into momentum. If you're not, you'll fall back into your old feast or famine habits.
and I looked up a great quote to reinforce this. I mean, that's the trajectory we see, but it gets back to fear. Fear stifles our thinking and actions. It creates indecisiveness that results in stagnation. I've known talented people who procrastinate indefinitely rather than risk failure. Lost opportunities cause erosion of confidence, and the downward spiral begins. That's a quote from Charles Stanley. But I can tell you from a coaching standpoint, that trajectory that I just walked you through, where in the beginning you think the world is your oyster because everything's great, people know you just got your license, your friends, your family, everybody's sending you referrals, and they close themselves, that lasts for a certain amount of time. And you guys all know what I'm talking about unless you just got your license yesterday. And those of you who are in that situation will soon find this to be true. (laughs) And then you decide, aha, I must become a listing agent. How am I going to do that? Oh, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. That's okay. It is for everybody. I mean, Tim and I didn't roll out of bed just becoming listing agents. We had to have our butts kicked a few times to get the skill required to take listings at will. Does that make sense, Tim? I mean, that was a lot of stuff all at once. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I was, I was thinking about the difference between, like, Julie and I, We our core level of motivation, when we're making this radio show, we think, what would we have liked to have had uh, shared with us back when we first got our licenses right out of college, you know, what would we, this podcast would have been a huge blessing, you know, the coaching mm-hmm. for all this, right, none of this was available for Julie and I a couple decades ago, and what she just said is really, I mean, it's really powerful, because the fact is that not only do you not roll out of bed in the morning being a powerful listing agent, but nowadays, when you get your real estate license, you are almost pressured to just focus on buyers. And this, the whole momentum, of, especially for new agents, is buyers, 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 buyers. Yeah. What happens is if you get stuck in the paradigm of buyers and those that perceive 30 to 45-day paychecks that comes from buyers, and because buyers take so much more time and they're so much more efficient, you know, as Julie says, Working with buyers is physical labor. Working with sellers is mental labor, right? Something to think about. When you're in that paradigm of stuck, you know, working with buyers, you probably never will become a listing agent. It will take some disruptive thing to happen. You might not be able to drive buyers around. Your car breaks. You get a stubbed toe. Who knows what happens in the next thing you know you go months without any income. And then you realize that, hey, if I had a bunch of listings, those would be selling for me whether I was out showing them or not because they're in the MLS price, right? And other agents are out there working for me. Aha, I create less. But until you have that epiphany, you won't. You'll be stuck in this belief that basically I'm a new agent, or I've only been in the business for one year, two years, three years, five years. I should, you know, those listings are for agents who, you know, you get listings from your friends and family, and listing agents are the ones that have been in the business forever. All those things are true, but guess what? They don't have to be true for you. They weren't true for us. They aren't true for our coaching clients. Nobody is keeping you from becoming a listing agent now. There's no rule. There's no anything. Ignore the people around you. Ignore the most successful agents in your office because the chances, chances are they and you are only going to become so successful in there because you're stuck in that same golden cage. You're in the same little world, and I'm not being condescending. It's just a reality. All of us are in our own little world. Unless you have some exterior outside influence, you're never going to evolve. You're never going to change. You're never actually going to uh, – break out of this golden cage, and that's what you have to do. It takes something powerful to disrupt the behavior patterns, and that's what we try to do on this podcast. Um, now, first of all, uh, you guys have been giving us great feedback on the coaching program, Real Estate Coaching Essentials. I really sincerely appreciate it. I know a lot of you guys have been on agentmillions.com, agentmillions.com to learn about that new coaching program. It is a coaching program where you get real live coaching, you get a weekly call with Julie, you get everything that Real Estate Coaching Essentials is, and if you choose to finance it, it's only $99 a month. Now, you can full pay it, no problem whatsoever, 
But um, the bottom line is, is that there's no excuse for any of you not to actually get into a coaching program. Now, that's what I wish I would have had back when Julie and I got into real estate. I wish I would have been able to have something that was offered so much value for so little money. You guys have what we wanted to have two decades ago. Now, by all means, take advantage of it. Don't make it so you have to take so long. You know, what is the old saying, right? A smart man learns from his mistakes. A brilliant man learns from the mistakes of others. We had to figure out how to make a pre-listing pack, how to, you know, it was prospect, how to lead generate. We had to figure all these things out that you guys just automatically get. And this coaching program has literally been used now all the while Julie and I have been coaching since 98. So it's been used for thousands of different agents in different price ranges and different markets. You guys have heard him on this radio show. Number one, well, he's number one, two agent for Prudential, number two agent for Prudential, selling on the main line. You know, they attribute our, their success to our coaching. And you guys have heard that from the number one agent in L.A. And the number, I mean, she was our coaching, you know. So these are things that are proven that you guys can have immediate access to. Go to agentmillions.com um, and register for that event. Uh, we're doing, I think, three more this week, and then we might actually close the coaching program for a while. Uh, so, Julie, um, I know you have one more point, and I'll mm-hmm. let you get right back to it. Yeah, and we we kind of pre-covered that in anticipation of it. But the point is, and it's easy to memorize, ABC, always be closing. To the previous point about Bill Bird's uh, client story, and he sells in Phoenix, by the way. I did research that, figure that out. But uh, always be closing, ABC. Our coaches have found that by being tough on agents on this point, they typically see a 30 to 50% increase in appointments set, contracts written, and deals closed. Here's what they all say. Just ask for the business to go back to what we discussed previously. But remember, there's multiple places where you've got to ask for the business. The greatest buyer script in the world, which we learned ages ago at Howard Brinton, was, so, do you want to buy it? <laughs> Pretty easy to memorize that one, and it's amazing how effective it is. That way you cut down on having to do the endless follow-up, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not just on the listing appointment. It's certainly working with buyers. It's certainly doing your lead follow-up in the first place. You know, just be closing all of the time. And, you know, when you were talking about, uh, Tim, when uh, the story about you being on the listing appointment, it reminded me, kind of related to this, this kind of thought of ignorance is bliss sometimes when you're a new agent and you don't know any better. It actually gives you secret powers. I will never forget being at a closing, roundtable closing. I had the buyer, we had the buyer side, Lois Weil, if you remember her. She got licensed about the same time we did. And she yep, had the I listing. Do. And this Pretty was back agent. when... Yeah, yeah, great, and I, yeah, I think she's still gal. around. Great, great agent. Yeah, super, super yep. nice. So we were friends, and um, you know, we were at the closing table together with our clients, and they were going over the settlement statement. And I will never forget, it, she had seven. It was either seven or seven and a half. It was something really a great high commission. And I remember talking to her afterwards, and I said, Lois, what was the deal with that high commission? She goes, Well, what do you mean? My broker said you put seven and a half when you write it on that line in the listing in the uh, listing contract. <laughs> like, she, she didn't know that there was any other option, right? Yeah. So she was closing almost out of ignorance, right? This was, like, probably our mutual second or third deal, <laughs> okay? But she just thought that was normal. So I always go back to that thought that she was doing it because she didn't know any better, which was ignorance is bliss. But what are the things that you are not doing because you've overthought it and because you're making up stories in your head, oh, you'll never get that commission? How about just ask for it? Always be closing. You can always negotiate, use your objection handlers, et cetera, 
But you're not going to get anywhere if you don't ask for the business in the first place. So I always have Lois's smiling face pop to my mind when I'm coaching this type of thing because I remember that experience going, huh, that's interesting. Now, how do you get seven? So that was always a, a fun experience. So always be close. You don't have to think, <laughs> Julie, yeah, that ahead. story, actually, I, I have this image. And I know a lot of our <laughs> listeners, we have 100 and uh, at the end of this, we basically have 104,000 regular listeners, which is really cool. So, you know, I know a lot of them listen to us in their car. Like I hear you, you and I get the same emails, right, where we get, oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I listen to you guys every day. I'm driving to work or coming home from, you know, whatever. And uh, I have this image now of somebody who's driving in their car right now. <laughs> this is kind of funny, but it's kind of sad, too, where they're showing the same buyers they've been working with since last year, the 177th house, and these buyers mm-hmm. still are not buying anything. And because you basically have so much emotionally invested in these people, you're going to hang out. You're going to hang with them until the cows come home because you're not willing to accept the fact that maybe those aren't real buyers. You know, here you are totaling up the you know weekend. You're thinking about what you're going to do you know for this weekend or next weekend. And guess what? Your schedule is all full of buyers. And you're then thinking about how can I get more buyers? And while we were on the radio of the podcast, you got some emails from you know, Zillow, and that you're spending way too much. Oh, here's some more buyers. And then your life is completely filled with all these buyers. And now here's what's going to happen. I'll give you a little window, a possible window into the future. There's going to be some bad economic news that's going to come out mid-summer. I guarantee it. 100% bad economic news. It's not going to be a recession. Or, well, it might be a mild recession, but don't worry about it. We talked about this on the podcast. We're going to have Jonathan Smoke, the chief economist for Realtor.com, on the show sometime in the next couple of weeks, and he's going to talk about it too. Bottom line is there is going to be, or already is, a recession, but don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. It won't have an adverse effect on your business, but it will have a temporary bad effect on the mindset of your buyers, especially your higher-end buyers, the buyers that are buying voluntarily. They're buying their ego houses. Those guys are going to get skittish, I guarantee it. So if you're not really willing to accept the fact that the buyers are never going to be a very consistent source of income, you're going to be stuck in a situation where you've invested a better part of the year working with buyers that won't close, and you'll have nobody else but yourself to blame. We're here to teach you guys how. We Obviously, we love buyers. We'll teach you guys how to work buyers. That's no problem at all, but you have got to be migrating all of your best efforts every single day to be focusing on listings. There is not a single top producing agent in the country, a consistent top producing agent in the country, who's not primarily focused on sellers. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait. Don't think you have to have some sort of, you know, secret code to become a listing agent. You don't. You can become a listing agent anytime. It's just a, it's a skill set you will have to learn. You're going to have to study. You're going to have to practice. You're going to have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. You're going to have to do all those things. But when you do, guys, especially if you do it intensely, by meh, if you started today, if you decide I'm going to be the best listing agent I possibly can be, I'm going to follow Tim and Julie's system. I'm going to follow with blind faith. I'm going to follow it as closely and as intensely as I can. I pretty much can guarantee you that within 90 days, you will consistently be taking listings. Now, I'm not saying you won't take any listings between now and then. You will. But by consistently taking listings, you'll be taking, eh, I would say, two to three listings conservatively per week. If you don't believe me, guys, reach out to our coaching clients. They're experiencing the exact same thing. You know, listen to the interviews that we've done. The system works. It works in all markets, all price ranges. Now you've got to work. So don't, guys, please, don't piss away another year of, 
basically focusing primarily on buyers. Or don't even give the the buyers you should work with. And this is where I want you guys all to be. It's a nice place to be. Are the buyers that a you like? How about that? B they're ones that are absolutely positively motivated because at the end of the day, there's no true have to buy buyers because they could always rent. So what does that leave you with? Really high end buyers that are maybe re-low referrals. Your sellers that have to buy. And really, other than that, guys, I don't know if you should be working with buyers at all. If the buyers are, you know, they come in and they're great, they're first-time buyers, which are always fun, you know, maybe refer those guys out. Maybe send those to another agent like, you know, a Lois Weil or somebody that you really trust will do a great job for those buyers. Refer them out. Refer them to an agent who wants to only work with buyers. And you spend your best energies every single day working with sellers. And then as you build your listing inventory up, then you can cherry pick the listings you'll, or the, sell, the buyers rather that you'll work with. And then we always suggest that even our agents that are, you know, have 15, 60 listings, we're always suggesting that they have two or, two or three really great buyers if for no other reasons that they can stay on top of what the market's actually doing. So, guys, that's it. I mean, this is the path that you can follow, and it will get you to your goals quicker. And, by the way, it's a heck of a lot less stress than what a lot of you guys are enduring now, especially being focused primarily on buyers. Julie, anything else you'd like to say to these guys as we wrap up for today? Take action. Don't just say that was a fun radio show. Do something about it. And if you need help, you know how to reach out to us. You can always email us direct, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. And what's the new site is AgentMillions.com. Do I have that right? Yep. And Julie, can I share something with them personal? Please. Do you mind? <laughs> do you always notice, I don't guys, know listeners, when I ask Julie that <laughs> question, do you always notice the stall? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, she's going, like, oh, God, what is he going to say? Do it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do it. All right. So here, here's the thing. I'll tell you guys a secret, right? Um, so those of you who are listening, because I know a lot of you guys have already tuned off, but those of you who are still listening. So our daughter, Zoe, uh, has a cold, and she wasn't getting any sleep last night, and we weren't getting any sleep last night. And this is the third night in a row, taking her to the doctor again, probably has an ear infection, all these things that babies experience, right? But here it is. Julie and I are working. We did the podcast. We did what we didn't want to do, and we didn't want to do it. And hopefully you guys will agree that this was a meaningful uh, podcast, a radio show, show for you. We live and breathe what we say. We are doing what we ask you guys to do because we know that it works. When you do what you don't want to do, when you don't want to do it at the highest level, the accumulation effect of those activities do result in significant changes in your life. Believe it. Practice it. Live by it. Um, you know, and if there's anything we can ever do for you guys, we love, you know we do, your emails, Tim at, Tim at Tim um, and uh, or Julie at Tim and Julie uh, Absolutely positively get registered for that event, agentmillions.com, and learn more about that coaching program. And uh, we, all, we also offer and have for years, as a lot of you guys know, you know, uh, higher end uh, one on one coaching programs. You can learn about those too by going to our website, Tim and In the meantime, have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. Reach out to us anytime for anything. We're always here for you. Have a great day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.